now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greenies, happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here as well. Of course, it is a Feedback Friday powered by CRTV. We'll be getting to your feedback here momentarily. But gentlemen, we just concluded the day group for CRTV. Anything you want our audience in particular to be looking forward to later today, Todd? Well, uh, a lot of agreement about Kavanaugh being a less than thrilling pick amongst the four of us but ultimately just what the what the bottom of that decision may look like there's disagreement some think it's just a shoulder shrug some think this is a total uh betrayal uh it i I find that fascinating i I just think we ever since that trump election uh, all of us are trying are still trying to re Calibrate. I think how we react to these events is really one of the most interesting things. Aaron. Yeah, uh, we got into a conversation again, and we keep having to have this conversation. Um, and it's a, it's a good one to have. Um, there is a pastime out there with a, an origin worldview that is so nefarious, <laughs> which attempts to propagate a worldview that is so nefarious and yet billions of people around the world including one right here in the studio um continue to enjoy it despite despite our urging to reconsider the error of their ways and we got into that discussion today indeed we did it seems like soccer is starting to enter the closed hand steve dace philosophy i'm on like a razor's edge over here Well, we get into that. Yes, we went from the Supreme Court to soccer. uh, And we talked about uh, the left is openly saying now we, we, we think the Constitution's a dead letter in between. We get into all of that today on the Dace Group. You can subscribe to CRTV right now if you're not already a CRTV subscriber. Use my name, Dace, D-E-A-C-E, as a promo code. When you go to CRTV.com, you'll get a discounted annual subscription. When you do the math, it costs you like a quarter a day, 25 cents a day to watch our show, The Great One, Mark Levin, the entire team here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code Dace. D-E-A-C-E. All right, let's get to some Feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yeah. It's go time. All right, this is from Betty. Betty writes, Is it true that overturning Roe v. Wade will have virtually no effect on abortion in our country, that states will make it legal, and that even if they don't, abortions will still be readily provided without consequence? Um, it depends. Yeah. It depends. Uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, I've used this analogy before, uh, but I can't since I can't come up with a better one, I'm going to use it again. Okay, so June sixth, nineteen forty four, one of the greatest military feats in human history is accomplished. Those five beaches, known as D Day, right? Did World War II end on June seventh, nineteen forty four? No. Uh, the Nazis kept fighting for about another 10 months. 
the Japs kept going for almost another year. Maybe it was about, maybe it was more uh, another year. Yeah, it was another year because we had uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima were in August of 45, right? If I remember right. So, so it was, yes, it was well over a year that the Japs kept going. Now, would the Nazis have surrendered in 10 months from June 6, 1944, if D-Day had not happened? We don't know for sure, but the odds are highly unlikely. The odds are they would have kept going longer than that. Now, why? Because that was a galvanizing moment. That was the moment that turned the tide, if you will. Overturning Roe is that kind of a moment. The war to stop infanticide doesn't end that day. But once that day eventually comes, you will see that day as the one that permanently turned the tide. Maybe. And the reason I say maybe is because the pro-life movement has been one of the most successful advocacy or advocacy movements in America when it comes to hearts and minds. It is terrible at the political manifestation of its evangelism. The reality is, if a young girl goes into a Planned Parenthood clinic anywhere in America and claims she's raped, she'll get an abortion if, they, if she wants one right away. That's all she has to do. For all of the 20-week bills, uh, walk and chew gum at the same time bills, heartbeats and, uh, and, and, and uh, mammogram, not mammograms, sonograms, uh, you know, all, of the, all of the things we do. I, I shouldn't put a heartbeat bill in there because that's different. That's defining when life begins. That's not really a regulation. That's, an, I, that's a determination. Okay, So let me ixnay pull that out of my little mini rant there because I think that's a separate strategy. That's probably more in line of that's certainly more in line with what we would advocate actually. But all these regulatory restrictions. I think the law in Pennsylvania was 23 weeks and Kermit Gosnell violated that for years. Why? Well, since we don't have a national prenatal registry, and I don't think we want one for obvious reasons, but since we don't have a national prenatal registry, who is responsible for reporting the term of the child in utero? Who's responsible for it? Do you know? Uh, the baby killers? Uh, the doctor. Well, the doctor. And yeah. in this case, they would be who? The baby killers would be. Yeah, the baby killers determine that. I don't, I'm just kind of thinking here out loud, maybe, that if... Your conscience is seared to the point that dismembering innocent children for a living is something you're totally okay with that puts food on your table. Lying about a stipulation or two in order to pull that off doesn't seem like a bridge too far to you. Is that a Rubicon, do you think? You don't go, you don't, you don't become a you don't become an accomplice to murder and then just say, guys, I really just can't be dishonest about that. Gotta come clean here. No, you, you, you actually, the process works the other way. You work your way up to that. You don't worry about coming down, <laughs> okay? So we have relied so much on this model. We had Father Frank Pavone of Priest for Life of years ago, went out to, was it Idaho or Montana, and lobbied for a bill that would anesthetize children before they were aborted because that was the humane regulation. When that has been 
the way you've conducted political activism for a generation. Doing everything possible to avoid making your actual argument, which is, like if I went to the March for Life, if we all went there, what would like every sign say? Life begins. What would like every sign say? Life begins at conception. Okay, everybody would say that. Would there be, you think there's a single sign ever at the March for Life that says, life doesn't begin until 23 weeks in utero. Think there's ever, anybody's ever held that sign and marched no. for it? Never, okay? So all the signs and all the marches and all the apologetics and all the videos say one thing. The actual application and activism over here says another. Let me put this in another context. What if the homosexual movement said, gay is okay, um, but we're perfectly fine with you guys not permitting us to get marriage licenses Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Would they ever do such a thing? No. No! Because if it's okay, then why would they regulate a restriction on something they believe is okay? Doesn't make much sense of a strategy, does it? No. Well, we have done this for five decades. We have, as a movement, done whatever we can to avoid having our crux argument, our core argument of what is a human life. If you overturn Roe v. Wade, that argument is going to take place in 50 state legislatures, in 50 state courts, the next day. Next day. And... The question that I don't think any of us has an answer to is, are, are we prepared to win that argument? In some places, we will win it by showing up. You're going to win this in Mississippi and Kentucky, where I think combined they might each only have one abortion clinic left. You're going to win this argument in states like that just by being there. Okay, If you just show up to trial, the judge will give you summary judgment. You're going to win it in those places. And they have some places where they're going to win it automatically, too. They're going to win it automatically, like in California, for example, right? New York State, they're going to automatically win it there. We agree on that, right? Right. What about Iowa? What about Wisconsin? What about Michigan? What about Illinois? Minnesota? What's going to happen in states like that? Are we prepared to have this argument? Are we prepared? We have, in a way, Roe v. Wade has been our crutch. It's been, it, it's been the convenient excuse for why we don't actually attempt to advance what we believe. That's why I, I am not confident Brett Kavanaugh is a vote against Roe. He might be. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying I'm not confident that he is. I'm also not confident that Neil Gorsuch is. Because he's had like no pro-life votes, even even the even the vote that he made last month at the Supreme Court was really a free speech case, it was really about the restriction of political speech, more so than a life case. And if that exact case had been brought before the U.S. Supreme Court in any context other than an issue involving abortion and homosexuality, it it might have been eight one or nine zero. Okay, so that that was really a free speech case. I don't. We have no pro-life record for Neil Gorsuch at all. None. I'm not confident John Roberts is a vote against Roe, even though his wife has led a pro-life group for years. Doesn't mean he's not. I just don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have anything that gives me confidence that he is. It's a flip of a coin. 
But there's no reason for me to get all upset, really. That's why I don't think Brett Kavanaugh was a great pick, politically. But, you know, you really haven't seen me say all that much about him judicially, other than this is the same kind of thing you would have gotten if Jeb Bush was president. Because it kind of doesn't matter whether Trump broke his promise to appoint justices to overturn Roe. If we aren't in a position as a movement to create cases that put the, the, the call the question of Roe before the court to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what the hell does it matter where you stand on an issue that's never an issue? We have not put a case before the court to overturn Roe for a quarter century. Casey, 1991, more than a quarter century now. 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Aaron, how old are you? 25. You're not even that old. Yeah. Think about that. You're, 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 hey, uh, you can't do it between 1.14 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time and 3.29 a.m. on Thursdays after the first purge when you wear white after Labor Day and you sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious backwards during uh, the summer solstice. You can't do it then. Those bills don't tell me anything about what somebody thinks about Roe v. Wade. Nothing. They, they say nothing to me. So, and I, I, I just said the same thing if Amy Barrett was the nominee. Politically, she'd been a much better choice for the Republicans. They need energy right now. But the same thing applies. It doesn't matter how that, you're, that you think she's a metaphysical certitude vote against Roe if she never gets to cast the vote. She can't create the, she can't, she can't grant cert to herself. Amy Barrett can't grant cert to her own opinions. You know what I'm saying? Hey, guys, I believe Roe's bad. Let's vote. That's not the way it works. Ruth Bader Ginsburg doesn't even get to do that. Guys, I think everybody gets in the country no matter what. We're voting on that tomorrow. That's not the way the process works. It's got to be a case of standing. Somebody has to have cert. Brings this case. The court votes for justices. Yes, we're going to hear that. Tell me what case is in federal court right now in America that calls Roe into question. I'll tell you. There isn't one. And there hasn't been one for a long time. Even Iowa's heartbeat bill, that's right now being adjudicated in state courts. Because Planned Parenthood doesn't want this to become a federal issue. Well, Steve, how could we make that a federal issue? Here's what you'd need to do. You need to get a few more states to do what Iowa did with its heartbeat bill. And now you have a multi-state problem. Multiple states now running, having conflicts between their legislatures and their state Supreme Courts that want to create a right to an abortion. So where's the, where's, where's the heartbeat bill in Kansas? Where is it in Missouri? Where is it anywhere? Answer? I don't know. So... Because the whole focus of the pro-life movement has been politically Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. A lot of our people are being sold on abortion. We stop the killing if it's overturned. We don't. We probably can't stop the killing if it's not overturned. But it's, it's D-Day. It's the day that turns the tide. We still have to now be willing. Are we willing to go house by house? Are we willing to go from Bonn to Dresden to Berlin? Are we willing to do that? Legislature by legislature. 
I don't know. I mean, Aaron hasn't been alive to see us put forth a case that would challenge Roe in his entire freaking lifetime. Let alone we're going to challenge Roe 50 states. Now, I'm not telling you this to discourage you. Betty asked the right question. I'm trying to I'm trying to warn you. These are what you need to be asking your pro-life groups in your states. Hey, guys, Roe v. Wade is overturned tomorrow. What happens in our state? Now, some of your states will have like human life amendments already on the books. Like Mike Huckabee did when he was governor of Arkansas, for example. So several of your states will have what are called human life amendments that basically are written to be triggered if Roe v. Wade is overturned and that precedent is removed, then automatically your state recognizes the right to life of the unborn. Okay? Do you know if your state has that in their legislature? Do you know if your state has that in their code? You need to ask or something similar. Several states never got rid of their old restrictions against child killing. They just have been unenforceable in their minds since Roe v. Wade. Now, I would disagree with that legal opinion and theory, but that's the game we're playing right now, so so be it. Once that, once that precedent is removed, those laws would then be enforceable again. Has your state kept those laws on the books? Do you know? Does your pro-life group know? Hey, we think Trump just appointed the fifth vote against Roe. He might have. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't bet against it either. We don't know. But let's say that he did. Do you know, and is your pro-life group in your state, no, have they told you and made it knowledgeable, what happens should that occur? Because the other side's going to launch the Battle of the Bulge, guys. They're not going down without a fight. And they'll kamikaze pilot this thing too. When you've been willing to kill enough of, of somebody else's kids in order to sustain your civil sacrament of evil. It ain't just one Supreme Court opinion that says, well, you get up one morning and your conscience is like, why was I ever supporting that? No, it won't work that way. The crowd outside Lot's house will, will throw gasoline on the pitchforks. They'll light them twice. They'll light themselves on fire, put water on, so they can light themselves on fire again. You ready for that? You ready for what happened at the Texas legislature a few years ago with t- dirty tampons and dirty diapers and hail Satan? Because it's a coming. Hell's floodgates will open up. You throw a bazooka at them. And this will not be a nice fight. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't... You don't <laughs> the official... The official religion doesn't cease being druid sacrifice without somebody getting their hands dirty. The druids just don't hand over the wickermen, guys. This is their religion. And they will go down with the ship. You ready for that? Is your is your local pro-life group that kind of probably does this, a book sale, a banquet, and... Once or twice a year, you go down to the legislature and pray and hang with legislatures and a newsletter. That's pretty much every National Right to Life chapter in in America. I just gave you their annual calendar. Book sale, banquet, maybe two banquets, depending on the size of your state. Maybe a barbecue and a day at the legislature. (laughs) Overturn Roe v. Wade. 
and the howling commandos of com- the hordes of kamikaze pilots are coming right at your aircraft carrier. Ready for it? So I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just not going to lie to you. We can't end the war without overturning Roe, but it won't end the war to overturn Roe. It will escalate it. Todd, your thoughts? Um, excellently said. Uh, I would only add, why has God been forced uh, to be long-suffering over generation after generation after generation of mankind? Because every let-my-people-go moment is always a choice for his people. And this let-my-people-go moment will be a choice for us. And as likely a reality as not is after we sit there looking at each other and have that initial celebration, you're going to see just how big and shiny the idols are on our side. Yep. You blew up the Death Star, man, and the Emperor was in it. What happened to the rest of all those Star Destroyers? All those... Not every Stormtrooper... Not every Star Destroyer was at Endor. Took years, years to finally vanquish what was left of the Empire. And that's that's exactly what, Todd, you're talking about. Aaron, you want to comment on this? You want us to move on? I think everything that uh, has been said has been said. So uh, that could be said, has been said. So let's move on. This is from Rocco. I've recently been watching a slew of Pixar movies with my girlfriend who's never seen any of them. As a huge comic book fan from an early age, my favorite like you is The Incredibles. I've shown my girlfriend the first one, and we've recently seen the second one. I loved you guys' analysis of the second movie and was wondering, are all the do all the Pixar movies share a similar worldview? Love your show so much. Well, I, I don't think... I, I, I think I've close to seen them all. I don't know that any of them is are overtly politically conservative as the two... Incredibles movies. Would you agree? How many of them have you well, seen? What? I don't. It all blurs. What are all the? Because I sometimes movies? forget that you know, like Despicable Me is like Universal, right? Yes. Um, uh, nowadays, kind of everything with that version of animation, everybody is. It's sort of like when you go to a restaurant, you may like Pepsi. What do you order? A Coke, right? That's sort of the default brand. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of people assume that like every movie with that style of animation mm-hmm. is a Pixar right. movie, and they're not. You know. Um. Like Up, Up would be my second favorite Pixar movie. And that is a great, that is one of the great romantic comedies I've ever seen in my life. It's brilliant. And it and what it has to say about affirming of marriage, fatherhood, timeless values. And I, in fact, let me just stop right there. Conservatism isn't an ideology. Conservatism is an observational science. This is one of the key points I make in my next book, Truth Bombs, which had dawned on me today. I may be the only guy with a with a podcast and a national network and a book coming out who has forgot to mention that pre-sales of his book started five days ago. <laughs> Terrible. That's true. <laughs> I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, yes, pre-sales for my next book, Truth Bombs. Uh, confronting the lies conservatives believe to our own demise uh, are available at Amazon right now. December 4th is the release date. Amazon, you just search for my name or Truth Bombs, and we're doing pre-sales for my next book, endorsed by Levin, Beck, 
Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Dan Bongino. So truth bombs, confronting the lies conservatives believe to our own demise. Pre-sales available at Amazon right now. One of the key things I make, point, key points I make throughout the course of the book is that conservatism is not an ideology. Conservatism is an observational science. You're looking to conserve. And you look at history and what history's judge has revealed to be what is good, noble, virtuous, truthful, beautiful for the human condition. And you, you seek to conserve those things. So when we say, because I think this is a point we're going to have to make a lot as a movement in the future. When we say up, what it has to say about the beauty of marriage, the need of fatherhood, those are conservative values. That doesn't mean you vote, that if you, if you affirm those values and see the same thing we do in the movie, that you even necessarily vote the same way we do all the time. That's not what it means. Because regardless of what label a particular value or virtue was once attached to, if history and history's judge has revealed that this is what's good, we as conservatives should seek to conserve it. It's, it, it's really only, in American history anyway, only in recent times that we considered a boy needs a father and a husband and wife need each other and it's beautiful when they love each other for a lifetime. It's only in this time period in American history we called that a political value. No other previous generation. Even generations that got huge things wrong where they had, you know, uh, slave traders. They, they did terrible things to one another. They didn't get those things wrong. Right? I mean, why was it considered really evil to break up families of slaves because even that generation recognized while they were doing unspeakable evils to one another, even that generation recognized the love of a husband and a wife is something that really ought to be conserved (laughs) that ought to be preserved. And it's a terrible, horrible thing to uproot and get in the middle of it. That's a political value. Now, when you've got female movie stars losing roles because of their backlash that they shouldn't be playing men who are actually women and I'm confused by the whole damn thing and I can't make sense of it. That shows you there aren't any transcendent values. And so because of that, things conservatives are trying to conserve, our detractors are claiming, well, you're trying to impose your ideology on us. I have no idea how the old man and up voted all those years. We don't, I don't have clue what his politics were. I don't know what he thought about social security, health care, gun rights. I don't know. That wasn't the point of the movie. The point of the movie is this one man and this one woman loved each other for a lifetime. They brought out the best in each other. And when they were separated by death, it crushed him and his soul. It broke his heart. And he, he went from an incredibly loving man to a total shut-in. And what brought him out and back into the light was another form of transcendent love. And that was the, the, the simulated love of a father and a son. We used to call that human. Now, that's a conservative thing. And I don't want it to be. And it's not good for us to have that be the case, actually. That should be a transcendent thing. Don't murder people shouldn't be, going back to the last conversation we just had, that's not, that shouldn't be a conservative thing. That should be like an automatic. Don't kill people that can't defend themselves. I haven't done anything to you. Don't kill them. That should be an automatic. It's not. I wish it were. 
But conservatives don't really have values. We don't really have an ideology. We have a list. <laughs> we looked at history and said, okay, that works. That worked. That's good for people. That's not. Keep that. That should go. You look at the other Pixar movies, and I think a lot of them touch on many of these same timeless themes. The difference, I would say, though, guys, between the Incredibles and the and the and the other and the lot of them, um, like uh, what's uh, the movie Wall-E, where the people become yeah. so materialistic, so selfish, right? They they basically materialistic materialize their way out of a civilization. Okay, um, but if you look at the Incredibles movies. I would say they are affirmatively conservative, meaning they are using the show as a as a vehicle to conserve these ideas and values. Where I think most of the other Pixar movies, if they seem conservative, it's just because they're touching upon universal themes and values that conservatives now seek to conserve. But really, lots of people of various ideological persuasions in previous eras of Americana mm-hmm. thought these were good things, Todd. Yeah, and just if you look at, I have the list in front of me. I think you'll look that as a, a lot of stories do what you're talking about, uh, but not all of them. And you remember the guy who um, who ran uh, uh, Pixar for almost the entire time, John Lasseter, just got webbed in the whole Me yeah, Too movement. Yeah, so yeah. you don't exactly know all the default, but we have the whole Toy Story franchise, A Bug's Life, the Monsters, Inc. movies, Finding Nemo, those two movies, um, the Cars movies, Ratatouille, Wally, as you said, Up, uh, Brave, which I, uh, Brave is a brilliant movie. I, my daughters and I just adore that movie. Inside Out, The Good Dinosaur, which I think had potential but fell flat. Um, so that that's the list. And you think of them, yeah, a lot of those were really good to great some of them are great because they do what you talking about some mm-hmm. are just kind of good movies that are neither here nor there in terms of what we're talking about mm, what do you think Aaron? yeah i you, you got to take them all on a case-by-case basis i i do think and i will always until i have evidence to prove otherwise i i do um I do think that pixar just generally sets out to tell a good story mm-hmm. generally um Sometimes the messages that are conveyed while doing that, um, you know, sometimes sometimes they don't line up with our worldview. Some, and, uh, but a lot of the time, when it is a good story, uh, it does seem to reflect a conservative worldview. So it's you know you just got to take them on at a one by you know a case by case basis. Uh, but whatever you do, if you have not figured this out yet or have not seen this yet, I'm I'm. I think you should go check out the uh, the Pixar theory. You guys have heard of that? No. This is oh, they're all in the same universe. All those films are in the same universe. Really? Yeah. Look it up on your own on your own time because it would take about ten minutes to do. But uh, Rocco, if you have not looked that up, if you like Pixar movies, you should do that. Ratatouille is in the same universe as yes. Wally. The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Good Dinosaur because I think I read or Wally. Really? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Toy Story and all that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right, let's do one more. We've only done two. I know. But the first one... Yeah. See, the first one was actually going to be this week's Theology Thursday yesterday. Ah, uh, sure. And then 
we had an opportunity right. to have that incredible yep. interview. And so I wanted us to discuss it before the issue got away from us. So I knew bringing that up would be the bulk of the show because that was intended to be an entire episode was just discussing that one notion of what happens after Roe. Okay. So let's do one more. Uh, this is from Challenger. If that's your real name, dude, your parents are cool. See, right? See, part of the next generation of Marvel heroes. I is- don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to say I truly believe the silver bullet to modern leftist progressivism and cultural Marxism is to seriously make an effort to not only have the Constitution widely taught again, but studied similar to the way people have Bible study. When I say silver bullet, I mean to say that it would, in my own humble opinion, deal with at least 40% of our issues once it permeates upcoming generations. In other words, I'm suggesting that it would do a lot of heavy lifting on, 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 on itself towards the kind of America we want and what the founders originally envisioned. What do you guys think? No. I, well... I was going to say that to Challenger. I was trying to come up with a way not to not to crush him. <laughs> <laughs> and you interrupted. <laughs> we don't wait. Since when don't we crush people on this show? When they're <laughs> earnest and they have very cool names I wish I had. What's your name? Steve. What's your name? <laughs> Challenger. And that's yeah. when, if your name's Challenger, no one, when they took role in the fifth grade and your name's Challenger... No one looked at you and said, we're kicking his ass after school today, right? It's not like if your name was Ernie. Everybody's like, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gerald. All right. Yeah, well. uh, actually, your name is Limp, because that's what you'll be doing on your way home from school uh, when we're done here. Um, let me not totally dismiss what you're saying, Challenger, because I do think... I do think it would have a positive impact because there is still not a majority, not even a plurality, but there is a sizable chunk of Americana that reveres and respects our Constitution. And within that sizable chunk are a lot of people that don't really truly know what it means and what it says. They just respect it as a tradition. Oh, it's that thing that gives me freedom of speech and freedom of, 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 of worship, right? It's, they see it as a tradition not as a, a framework. And I think I think taking that group of people who have a level of commitment of conviction already and discipling them to be able to truly and affirmatively and offensively go out and act on it would have a positive impact. I, I just believe its impact would be limited. Because there's a reason John Adams said the Constitution Man. is only written for a That's moral it. and religious people. Damn it. Why didn't I say it before you said it? Because you just totally stole You're exactly right. Listen to this and listen to this. This is it. I don't believe, for example, the People's Republic of California is going to be moved by teaching the Constitution in schools. I don't think they care. I, I, we just want to do what we want to do. Because we want to. Because 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 we want a dude to be a boy or a, a dude to be a chick and a chick to be a dude. We just want that. Doesn't matter. And we're gonna make you want it too. We don't care. We are we are literally we're not having a conversation about whether or not we force people of religious conviction to do things that clearly violate their First Amendment freedoms because we don't know what the First Amendment says. We're having this debate. Because a, a rising tide of Americans don't care what it says. They 
they disagree with what it says and they want it to say what they want it to say. And when you have children that are at that level of defiant and unruly, it's not because um, no one has disciplined them. It's because they have rejected discipline. And what's the sentence after the sentence from John Adams that you just said? It is wholly inadequate to the governing of any other. It can't work. Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't care. They, this is why on our show now, now Challenger is going to say, guys, I I only thought it could maybe help with 40% of our problems. I think that's possible. I think it is possible. It could alleviate maybe 40 is a little high, but I'll give you a third of them. Maybe I'll give you a third of them. Maybe like, give me, give me an example of what I mean by that. So we all, you know, most of them, most of them conservative America thinks Texas is our Valhalla, right? In a state like Texas, you can't get school choice passed out of the legislature, though. If you did what Challenger is suggesting, then I think a state like, because the inverse is also true, right? Just like the people of California, just like the governing people of California don't care what the Constitution says, they don't, they will not be restrained, period. Well, a state like Texas that has a general generic reverence for these ideals, which is why it has become this bastion of freedom and liberty in the country, because it has some, on some level, a general generic reverence for these traditions. If you took that state and you further mobilized it along that line, then I think you'd get them to do some of the things that they, some of the lines they currently won't cross. And that would do some good, you bet. Just as it does, just as it does a lot of bad for the country when a state as populist or as as, as, uh, populated, uh, and as uh, prominent as California does really bad leftist things, it has a positive impact in the country when a state is populated and as prominent as Texas does some really good constitutional things. So that would clearly do some good, no doubt. But it's not a solution. It's a salve. It's a Band-Aid. But a healing is not happening. You're stopping the bleeding Locally. But the systemic body issue remains. You've treated a symptom, not the disease. The disease is the human heart. The disease is, is Romans 1. These are people who delight in creating new ways to do evil and encouraging others to do the same. That I, there is no God. I am God. I will be the most high. I am in charge. I will do what I want. And forget about the progressives for just a second. Those on quote, our side, Steve, has the amount of time he spent relaying to you, his audience, over the many years he's been on the show, this has been one of the most common themes. You realize all the people on our side that claim to believe these in bumper stickers and then they came, you, you fundamentally get to realize, oh, you really want to do this without God. Yeah. that's We saw that in the reaction to Tommy Lahren's comments. Yeah. Now, I... I don't believe uh, it's religious judicial activism to want to defend the right to life. But um, I don't know why a bunch of conservatives were offended at the notion that the God who we claim our rights come from, that's, that's, that, is, right. that is the cornerstone. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
uh, we know if you're a Christian, you know what that means in a theological sense, right? Let me tell you what it means in a civic sense. God-given rights is the cornerstone of American liberty. That our rights come from God. Immutable, unchangeable, pre-existent. No government can grant them, so therefore no government can take them away, and vice versa. No government can take away that which it has not granted. The American creed is, our, there is a God, our rights come from him, and government's only role is to protect and defend those God-given rights. That's it. There seemed to be a lot of conservatives that were suddenly, you know, uh, offended at the notion that we we don't want to murder because the God our, gives us our rights says not to. Why is that a bad thing? Without God-given rights, we're, we're Western Europe right now. Right now, just with a bigger standing army. That's the only thing that separates us from, the, really, not just Western Europe, the entire planet. In fact, I'll go even further. God-given rights as a cornerstone for a civilization, that is what that is what makes us distinct from really all of human history. And there's a whole swath of people on the right that don't believe that. So, do I think Challenger, because I also kind of, I'm a little intimidated by telling a guy named Challenger that he's dead wrong. So, um, uh, do I think Challenger, it would do some good? Yes. Do I think your percentage of good it would do to alleviate our problems is optimistic? Yes. Do I think it's still a worthwhile project? Sure, we've done how many constitution studies and things of that nature on our show? Didn't we just do? And we just spent all of last year doing the, I, it was the second time in my career I've taken my audience through the 5,000 year leap for an entire year on my show. Second time I did it. So obviously I'm investing that much airtime. I think it's, it has some value, you know, just like I think it's value. It's value. There's value to have a first aid kit, but is the first aid, do we call it a vaccine kit? Do we call it a cure kit? What do we call it? First aid, which means if it's the first aid, then that would seem to imply there might, it might later require a second aid or a third. It's not called the final aid kit. It's called the first aid kit, you know? And, and so it's where you go to stop the bleeding. It's where you go to stop an infection. It's not where you go to get healed, to get cured. That's going to come from the soul. That's, that's why we've always said in our show, it's revival or we're doomed. Final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh-huh. Since I can't top that, I'd just like to say to Challenger, uh, good luck on the next season of American Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Don't end up in a ditch. Also, I'm hangry. <laughs> oh, Aaron's hangry. Steve, oh. out. All right. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. Thanks to all of you who tuned in as well. Uh, hey, if you get a chance, leave us a, a, a note, like a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Maybe give us a, a hit that subscribe button there on your podcast platform. The more of you that do that, the more that helps us to reach more people. And so many of you have done that already. And we thank you so, so much for doing that. Have a great weekend. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. We are back again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 